This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDarren.com. Today is October 7th, 2018. And as we've been doing all season, as we're going to do all season, we're doing a rapid reaction. Um, another Falcons loss, another rapid reaction. Remember, we do these win, lose, or draw. Haven't been too much winning lately, but, you know, we're going to do these for every game this season for the Falcons. And as always, doing these rapid reactions, I got Calhoun and Piehead. What's up, fellas? What's going on with you, D? What's happening, homie? Chilling. So, we all know Falcons are now one and four, right? Yeah. Let's talk about this game before we do, you know, the norm. We're going to run down to the grades and everything. So, does anybody have anything to really say about this game? One of the worst performances I've seen this year outside of the, the uh, we had the first loss. But this right here is just, it was just horrible all the way around. On both sides of the ball. Yeah, I think the that's concern, a bit. Go ahead, Calhoun. The concerns we have are was solidified, actually. And if the def- if the offense can't score 30 points, they're losing automatically. But how that kind of responsibility on offense, you have no room for error. Yes, I agree with this. I think today, I, I out of those two points, I agree more with Pat here. Today, today is a loss that's on coaching on the team. I think Dan Quinn has just lost his team. I think they are a lot. I think that it's time to, and you never want to say it's time to fire anybody. It's time to, like, it's time to think about the post-Matt Ryan, post. This te- It's just time to move on from this particular team in this iteration. Like, somebody has to go with this. A combination of people have to go. Whether it's Matt Ryan, Dan Quinn, Thomas Dimitrov, Julio, it has to be multiple groups in this um, discussion who have to go. And I just agree with Pahead. This wasn't just the worst performance of this year. This is one of the worst performances I've seen from a Falcons team since since probably the Mike Smith. Well, since Dan Quinn first year. Of course, you can always go to the Super Bowl. That was something different. That's in the Super Bowl. But I've never seen the team this completely like, I don't want to say disinterested, but disinterested on offense, defense, special teams. Like, it was just a pathetic performance. And I left that game wondering, is it time to blow it? I'm not even wondering. I left that game have, being solidified into the fact it's time to blow this thing up. It's time to get rid of everybody and, you know, rebuild for the next iteration of Falcons football. It's a little drastic, don't you think? Well, I mean, so these things, these things happen. So they don't happen. You know, like I know, these things either happen too soon or not soon enough. So it's one of the things you want to lead time for they run you out, right? You know what I'm saying? And so very few teams, very few people, very few entities have that ability to leave at the correct time. Hence, you see athletes who stay too long. You see relationships that last too long, which is in other, in so many ways in life, you don't, you, we very rarely leave at the right time. And now it's the right time to restart this, in my mind. Well, I, I think it's a year too late. Dan Quinn has already shown his true colors. 
And what you're saying is exactly true. The only problem is, like I said last time, the organization we have, I swear we got a whole bunch of churchgoers and volunteer at the shelter and just all type of these kind of motherfuckers is running the organization. How's the blank shouldn't even be no super loyal to Dan Quinn? It's a job you just met this bald headed motherfucker. Say <laughs> your buddy. So why you don't fire him? He showed you he don't have what it takes. And that's why I agree with you. And it's funny, I was listening listening to sports radio last night. And so I was like, this win, it's sort of neat or not, it leads to the legacy. I'm not gonna say it's gonna put Dan Quinn on a high seat, but like that, right? Like we're not even talking about that. It's been time talking about that. We been need to talk about Dan Quinn on the high seat. Dan Quinn can't coach. <clears throat> I think that this is this is a direct reflection of this. So it's either one or two ways you can play this. You know, I just did the whole doom and gloom scenario. You either play it like I said and start looking at getting rid of people, or you double down, keep everybody, and build continuity. Which, you know, that works very rarely. Again, very, very, very rarely. But that's the only two I see. You either get rid of everybody, or double down, and say we're not switching anything. And I see another. I see another way in that. Be honest with you, I had to cut you off. But the in-between of that, I don't think you get rid of everybody, but I do think you change some things. For instance, I think you go get something for De- uh, for Freeman and, and go to draft pick, player draft pick, whatever it is, especially for the defense. I see you sign a couple people off waiver wire because you know you're that close. So the team is full, is talented. It's too talented to blow it up. I disagree with you. Huh? I completely disagree with you. Like you've this been saying, yeah, you've been saying this team is talented. This team is talented. This team is talented. I think this team just has a team full of names and some talent, but the talent is as great as his name. And that's what you get in a lot of this in this social media generation is that everybody has a name, but when you look up under the curtains, how really talented is everybody? Because if the team was so talented, it wouldn't be this bad. If your house is so nice, if we're in the million dollar house. And the and a pipe go out. The foundation shouldn't crumble. And right now, the the Falcons are just crumbled. They're just a defeated team. You know what, D? I uh, you know I, I I think that you you make a valid point in that. But uh, you said something one time before uh, about you know if you got Shaq, you got Kobe, who can coach him? You got Mikey, you got Scotty who can coach him or whatever. It takes the right type of head to come and make this continuity work. Um, and Calhoun been saying this for a minute, you know what I'm saying, even before this year or whatever. Dan Quinn is just not the man that, that, that the, the spearhead this ship. He's not the right one. We got a lot of talent that could work up on the right head ship. It could work. You know what I'm saying? It took a, it took a dude like Jimmy Johnson to get all those draft picks or whatever he did to make, you know what I'm saying, that Dallas Cowboy team work. It took him to do that. It took Belichick to make Tom Brady and all the other pieces he had work. And you're absolutely right about the point you made about, you know, getting rid of pieces. Belichick's, Belichick go by the same mentality of, like, getting rid of stuff before it's too old. You know, get rid of it before it gets too old and you can't get nothing for it. We're at the point where we got stuff, we got players that we need to start thinking about whether or not we need to move or not. And I agree with Calhoun on this. Freeman needs to be moved right now while we can get value for him 
because Smith and Coleman could be the future. But the coach of our team is not willing to do that. And then on top of that, the owner of our team is almost like a, a, a the coach of the Cowboys, Garrett. He he claps and he smiles and he goes along with it. We need we we need people to make aggressive moves. We need people to uh, be more concerned about winning and be more concerned about the city that pays the money for the team to understand like what we're trying to do. Like you know you got to at this point at this point right now with the Atlanta Falcons you got to win the championship. Playoffs and, and going to the NFC Championship game, that don't mean shit now. We don't done that. We don't been there and done that. You got to win the Super Bowl for people to be interested. Like the hardcore Atlanta fans, you got to win the Super Bowl for us to be interested. Like right now, like if they made the, it, it, even if they made the playoffs right now for me, I wouldn't give a fuck because we don't been there and done that. We need to win one to show that we're real. You know what I'm saying? In my estimation. So let me ask you this. So let's play this out the way y'all saying. Let's say today we draft. I mean, we trade Devontae Freeman, and let's say we get a a monster haul for him. Let's say we get a first, a second, and another first for two years from now. What does this change next year? You still will have to change the coaching. Calhoun said the best. Dan Quinn is a nice guy. I think we got to. You got to fix the head of the snake. If you don't never change the head, the, the the head of the snake, then you don't get no change. You got to change that. You got to have. I look at the Cleveland Browns team, right? This is this is crazy. They got a defensive coordinator and an offense coordinator that all about the same. Haley, and what's the defense coordinator name? I forgot it. I know you're talking about though. Greg Williams. Them two guys, if you was on the sideline with them, they use so much profanity. You wouldn't even know who coached the defense, who coached the offense. Could have cussed that hard. They they just that passionate about what they do, about their players doing their assignments, about the players doing their jobs. This game today, if you look at the defensive offensive coordinator, there was no there was no certain there was no uh, emergency. There was no, uh, we need to win. There was no, uh, we got to get, there was none of that. And this, to me, in my, you know what I'm saying, humble mis- estimation, it was because of the fact of the, uh, coach, the head coach. The head coach don't emphasize that, so why should they? So let me come back and say this. Who would you get today who could fix this in a year time? to win a Super Bowl because let's face it, Matt Ryan's clock is ticking. Julio's clock is ticking. Devontae Freeman's clock is ticking. Alfred and True Front's clock is ticking, whether you whatever you think about them. Grady Jarrett getting up there a little bit. Who so who would you have who you could be like, hey, who realistically we can get and be like, hey, this coach, this can turn this team into what it needs to be in a year's time. All person I can think about is Bill Belichick. It's, it's already you have to get him a philosophy. So you can think Bill Belichick, but it was interesting. They were talking about Dan Quinn as a coach, and like he's not even mentioned with the younger, like the Doug Peter, the Doug Petersons, and the uh, Sean McVay's. Dan Quinn name isn't coming up. So problem that goes on here is 
we ain't got the right man for the job. But if you don't have the right man for the job, the longer you stay with him, the more damage it is to control. Like whoever come in the office after Trump is gonna have some shit to do. So it's the same notion. Yeah, and, these, and again, I think we look at this as just a Dan Quinn problem. I think that sports are fluid, right? So it's not only a Dan Quinn problem; it's gonna be. It's a Matt Ryan problem because the next coach gonna bring in a new coordinator. Can they, the next coach gonna bring in the defense? And does our defense match up what the defense wants to do? And so these change. So like, whenever you say yeah, it's time for a new coach, it is time for a new coach. But people think that just means you cut on the light and then everything goes good. As good as everybody's saying, everybody wants to suck Sean McVay off or whatever. It took. They haven't done anything yet. He's just been winning in the regular season. Like Doug Peterson, the only one who took that team and in two years won the Super Bowl with that team. So unless you have a coach who coaches his ass off like that, and they're, they're, I'm sure they're out there, they just waiting on their chance. But how can we identify that? And I think that to me, I think Dan Quinn is 45 percent of the problem. I think there's another fifty five percent of the problem that it deals with the it, the players and some other things or whatever. So What's fifty five of the problem? Um, just you know, we're getting older, long in the tooth, other teams are getting younger and better. Now I think teams like so I, I think it's like layers too. I think teams like us, Carolina, um true, who else is in this group? Kansas City used to tradition. I call it like the San Diego, the Chargers, Kansas City theorem. Teams like us, Carolina, the Bengals, trying to think of some more teams, the Ravens, or whatever. Those teams fall into that category where they're not good enough to win a, a Super Bowl, but good enough where they can get you to the playoffs every year. Kind of like the Chargers and the Chiefs were. Like, them teams never been good enough to really win the Super Bowl, but they've always been good enough to get you to a point where you can think they win the Super Bowl. And I think that's where the Falcons are. Without a doubt, you're exactly right. The problem with those teams is they're the biggest teams of their fan base. So yes. you have a lot of high hopes and a lot of low crashes because they are in that area. And I also think you're, you may be honest on the Dan Quinn being 45% of it because we got to give some of this percentage to uh, Matt Ryan. We got to give some to Thomas Dimitrov. And we got to give a lot to the owner. Arthur Blank put this shit show together. And after Jim Mora and after. Bob Petrino, not the Mike Smith. You should know when a coach ain't shit by now, and he ain't gonna work. And not the, and you know, I, the one year out of the Super Bowl was last year. I gave him last year was last year. I get him out of that. Well, let's go back to two, the, our podcast. We did this Falcon Football Week. We replay it every year for Falcons Football Week. Um, 2 5 2017, the worst day in Atlanta football history. And I told you then, after the Super Bowl, we should have fired Dan Quinn. And like, everybody think that's real hot takeish, but let's be real. How many teams get back to that position? How many teams? Like, that's the highest he can go. And I said that at the time, very few teams in this day and age go back, go back. How many teams go back to Super Bowls? Like, the last team that went back to a Super Bowl back to back was who? So like they go back to back to the Patriots. Exactly, take out the Patriots. Who? And you had to go all the way back to the Cowboys. Oh, Seattle men went back to back, and they look two year run. But think about it. Everybody think everybody talk about Seattle like they run with five or six years. They had a two year run. Yeah, they only had two. Yeah, so like you know, this doesn't happen that much, and that's to me that was as high as we can go with Dan Quinn. And I agree with all y'all point. 
time to get rid of Dan Quinn. I just think it's time to get rid of everything because I I think we've seen the the highest we can go with this collection of people. And I think this is like this is like that Hawks team that Josh Ben Al Horford Joe Johnson is perfect analogy exactly like that. Could have blew it up early and you may have had something, but we let that ride out. What you don't want to do is keep riding until it's over with. Or the Sacramento Kings or any of these teams who almost got them. You know what I'm saying? You see this more in basketball and baseball, very rarely in football. You know what I'm saying? But those, hey, we almost got them teams. Like, you have to get rid of those teams because at some point it's painfully obvious that they can't get the job done. And in this, in the Falcons, it's painfully obvious that Matt Ryan, Thomas Dimitrov, Dan Quinn, Arthur Blank combination, not going to get the job done. Right, right. You know, crazy thing about that, D, like, you're absolutely right about that. If the Buffalo Bills would have did the same thing, they probably got a Super Bowl out of one or four years. Exactly. If they change one, and that's a different generation, but you change one thing. You can't go four times back to back to back to back to back. Uh, You can't keep playing this same thing, saying this is our year. And what people don't realize with that Buffalo Bills team, every year, even though they kept going to the Super Bowl, they kept getting further. They kept losing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And so, like, yeah, it teases you the first year they lost by one. The second year they lost by what? 10. The third year they lost by 20. The first year, fourth year they lost by, like, 40. Like, yeah, yeah so, like, you, it's hard to so, get. You know, the first bowl they played in with Dallas, but they got blew out of the stadium. Is it, the two they played with Dallas, they got blew up. But people don't realize the one with Washington, they lost by either. They either lost by nine or double digits. They kept getting further and further away from the prize, even though they kept right. going to the Super Bowl. And so, like. Those things very rarely work, and especially in football. When have you seen a team lose a Super Bowl, come back and avenge themselves? And in recent memory, very few teams do that who haven't won one before. Yeah, you're right, Ron. You're right. So, you know, for me, I just think in totality, I think we aren't a forward-thinking organization, to your point, to Calhoun's point. We have to start looking at how we need to start reevaluating this team. Now, I will give you guys credit in this. We have we have a good enough core where we can start making moves and still be we can still be good enough if we make the right moves and we can switch up some things and then you know we can we can be a lot better than people think we could be. Again, I would say Kansas City because Kansas City kept riding with Alex Smith and whatever they do this year, they got a young star on the bench in Patrick Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? So like same thing, you know, with San Diego Chargers. You don't know how good they could be if they get rid of Phillip Rivers. And I'm just using the quarterback as an example. But if we get rid of Matt Ryan, you don't know who. And not even just Matt Ryan, like y'all said. Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, Julio Jones, True Funt, Alfred. We can get rid of those guys. We have quality pieces to still build around. We got Tevin Coleman, Ito Smith, Calvin Ridley, Hooper. We got um, Deion Jones. We got Keanu Neal. We got KZ. We got... um, Grady Jerry, we got tech. Like we have pieces. We just probably need to get rid of some of those older things, add some spice to the mix, and see if this recipe can be different. So You're exactly right. Well, and, and the reason what you just did, you just named all those players. All those playmakers. That's the only reason why I say don't blow it up, because our team is not just like all those players that you just mentioned, but what they all have in common except for a few is they're young. We got a lot of young, good talent. So, and, you know, some of it's injury, some of it's not. I agree with you on that. We need to make some real significant changes because what we're doing is right off of the mark. 
and that's the whole problem with mediocrity. It seems as if Arthur Blank loved mediocrity, so you know, hopefully we'll just make it. It'll go right this time. You can't do the same thing and expect different results, and that's what the Falcons keep doing. Yeah, it's like dating the girl who used to be the it girl in in high school, and now you know y'all twenty five, and she still look good, but she she only work a you know a minimum wage job. If she work a job, don't cook. Well, we talk about offline. She don't cook. She not getting preparing you a lunch for dinner, but she still was that it girl in high school. And like, yeah, it may look good. It may make you you know it may make you feel a certain type of way, but at the end of the day, she not getting the job done. So. Yes. Exactly. So that's and it goes back to what you're saying. What's that saying you always say? The enemy of greatness is good, right? Yep. And that is the definition of Atlanta sports. So after we say after the Super Bowl he should have lost his job. I think uh, uh, Arthur Blank is hinting towards it a little bit. After a game like today, you can tell one Dan Quinn's not good enough, but two he's losing his locker room. The only thing he had going for him was that brotherhood and rise up fast and physical bullshit. And once the slogans and the moniker and all that shit wear off, you have goddamn Where's Waldo at coach. That ain't going to work. And, I mean, Pahead said it to start out this program. We're going to move on after this. After, like you said, Dan Quinn done lost the team. Like, you don't have a performance like that with a person who hasn't lost the team. Like Pahead said it coming into the whole the whole day. The first thing he said was Dan Quinn and lost the team. You don't that's one of the worst performances you will ever see, and you don't see a performance like that to a person who dunk who hasn't lost the team. Like it's like them cats, like, man, let's don't get get this season out of the way, man. Let's get out here with no injuries and we'll try next season. Like they feel defeated. And no matter how much you get out there and say, hey, next man up and hey, this or hey, that. They just don't seem like they they seem like they just ready to get this season over with. Like, well, hey, man, we've been cursed this season. Let's get to the next season. But he sort of set the tone when not one but two of your starter at the same position that safety go out and you refuse to sign anyone. You wouldn't do that at any other position. You wouldn't do that at corner. You wouldn't do that at line, like. That whole next man thing just sounds good. It's the reason why they starters and the other ones are backup. Rarely has a backup came in middle linebacker and took the starter's job. Or at safety. That just doesn't happen. Unless you got an old vet and this young rookie don't came and showed out. So the, the way they're running the organization, the decisions you make, and his ineptitude and coach, that just leads to a locker room. And let's do the other factor. These are young players in his locker room. It don't take much for them either. Well, I mean, the Falcons are young and old, right? So they're young in some places, old in some places. And you can win a Super Bowl like that. I just think that I think that now it's going to be evident that the old and the young don't mix. Like, you don't want to – and they don't – like, the old people don't have bad, like, vibes. It's just they're used to this type of scenario. And you don't want that infecting young players. Right. Exactly. I agree. So let's go on to get four. Let's go on to do what we do. We're going to get a grades, talk about who what players stood out and get out of here. So let's start. Let's get offensive grade. I go. All right, so it's just me. It's just me here. So it's me and you. Let's run it. All right. So, I mean, I get offensive D. I don't think they would. You said it best. It's hard to keep that pace. It's hard to keep running 
rotating at 10 RPMs for 100 miles. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's a tiring pace for anybody. You know what I'm saying? So I, I didn't think they played called a particularly bad game. I think they weren't crisp, but I think that is a lot of pressure of feeling like they have to score every play, every drive or whatever. So I get offensive D. Oh, the offense. You get an offensive D? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't I, think I agree with you. I didn't think they were bad. I didn't think they were great. I think that the pressure of what they've had, the pressure of them feeling like they had square root um, series has kind of worn them down. So I just give them yeah, a Exactly. exactly. You're the, when you're at a sprinter pace, that's how it goes. You're exactly right. I, I agree with everything that you mentioned. That's why they can only get up to 17 points. Can't blame my old whooping boy no more in Sarkeesian. Can't blame Matt Ryan. This just wasn't a good game. And, it's, and it feels like the team has finished, wrapped the season up. So I agree with you in the D. Uh, I won't say an F because there was some effort there. It just don't like they're into it. So I'll say a D. All right. We can do defense. I'll let you go first. See, 41 points. Same old shit. They, they, they have not gotten it right. They're not, it don't even look like they're working on it. It don't look like they're doing anything but fucking it up. So I got to give them the same grade, man. You, you put up, you give up 41 points. So I'm gonna get you give him an F, right? Yeah, yeah, I give him an F. I'm gonna give him a D. I I'll thought give that, him a D. Huh? Why D? Because uh, the score, the score was what twenty to thirteen in the third quarter. I think that they held as long. I, the problem I have is they have a Pittsburgh team. So let's we've been doing a lot of talking about the Falcons. Let's stop and say this: Pittsburgh is not a good team. No, that's the other part of it, right? <laughs> Let's stop right there. Like, I know everybody loves Pittsburgh. And I actually watched the game at the sports ball with Dre High and Chris Head. Shout out to those guys for inviting, you know, the Digital Darren podcast crew to watch the game with them. Um, but they are not a good team. Pittsburgh is a public team. Most people think they're better than what they really are. If Pittsburgh finished this season 500, I'd be surprised. They are not a good team. And our defense – Stopped them for three and three, three and a half quarters. I think toward the end they just it just the balloon, the um water broke or whatever. It was a dam and then it just burst. And so you know a lot of this is coaching. Like they scored in the third quarter on the same way they won the game last week, where Antonio Brown caught the little out when he started and slapped the same thing AJ Green did. So that part is frustrating is that teams are scoring the same way and our coaching staff isn't putting the players in the position to win, but. Outside of that, I mean, like, your point is valid. It's just everybody's clocked in, clocked out. It's Friday at 4 o'clock, right? You got to ride the clock for one more hour to go home. That's how the Falcons are, right? So I give them a D. So what do you do with a team that's like that? Hopefully you think that the owner recognizes it. Well, somebody in the building recognizes it. Hopefully somebody with some power and not just three cats who are just fans on doing a podcast show. You know what I'm saying? So, um. The side note says, let's park right here for us. one second. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, what, what do you think they should do with Dan Quay? I mean, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, in a perfect world, you just demote him to defense coordinator. Like you calling for the man job, Walsh. Well, quit all that politics and shit. I am. I'm saying in a perfect world you demote him. In a perfect world you demote him and find somebody to take his job. Ultimately, he needs to go. I, but you know what? I, th- I think he needs to go. I think Matt Ryan needs to go. I think Julio needs to go. Devontae Freeman needs to go. Like, I think we need to make wholesale changes. And it's interesting. I'm saying mostly offensive players. But I think I think Vic Beasley needs to go. But I think I think we have five to eight 
five to seven people who need to go, who can give us back a billionaire's r- ransom if we decide, if we pull the trigger on it now. So I think I, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And it is offensive, but that's what we put all our corn. We stacked all our chips on the offense. Yeah, and and the problem is, is like, you know, Matt Ryan had, so I was looking at this. So let's back up. I want to talk a little bit. I say, we can talk about coaching too, but I think that somebody made this point. I was listening to a podcast earlier this week. Teams should just pass the ball every play now because you get so many penalties. Like the Falcons had two drives keep going because of two penalties back to back to back. It was a face mask on Bud Dupree, and it was something else. And it was another penalty where the dude, T.J. White, who looked like a terror out there. But anyway, he um, dove it on um, Matt Ryan's legs. Like, you might as well just pass every play and use Matt Ryan or whoever your quarterback is as a sacrificial lamb. At least you can keep the ball moving with penalties. Because this is turning the flag and nobody knows how to do this shit. Nobody knows how to play this game yet. So the best thing you can do. It's just go back and throw a Hail Mary every play. Either they'll hit your quarterback and get a penalty or you'll get a pass interference. So. They ruined the game. That's, a, that's another podcast, but I, I called you earlier and said that. Yeah, but I mean. It's ruined. Yeah, the game is ruined, but I mean, smart teams can take advantage of that, right? Like all this balance, all this. And this even goes to the fact why we don't need so many running backs as much because you could just line up, throw the ball every play, and just hope if. If 30% of the plays turn into penalties, then you're good. You'll move the ball way more than if you tried to run a balanced offense. So, you know, I, that's a side note. I think as a team, I think all teams should be trying this. Hey, just throw the ball seven, eight. They should really be flat football and, and pads right now. And I don't think no that's team. That's what it is right now. Well, I mean, that's what that's it what is from, for how, like, the game is officiated. But no team is calling a game like that. Like, no team is, teams are still trying to run the ball, which right now, Running the ball has no effect if you're an NFL team. You should pass the ball. I'm saying you should pass the ball every play. You should basically be playing arena league out there and just bank on penalties, carrying you, giving you the yards that a running play would give you. Um, I don't know if I 100% agree with that because as good as Kansas City is, as good as the Ram is, they still got really good backs in their backfield. That's for a reason because it's gonna it, it's gonna come to a point in time in the game, whether it's the playoffs, whether it's the regular season, well I should say whether it's regular season, whether it's the playoffs, whether it's the Super Bowl, they make it. You're gonna have to rely on that running back. So you can't pass it a hundred New England shows you throwing the ball all the time, even in the Super Bowl, don't guarantee you a win. You know what I'm saying? So I can't just say that like that. You still need that. You know what I'm saying? You still need that element of the uh, of the game where you know you got the running back. Um, I just think that what what you said earlier about blowing this up, I do agree with that. And actually, like before you even said something about Julio. Four or five, uh, well, not four or five years. I should say like two or three years. Like, you know what I'm saying? I had somebody in my ear telling me that we need to trade Julio for some defensive players. And it's hate. Like, he's hate, hate. 
And I was like, boy, you crazy. Like, boy, this one of our best offensive players. He was like, no, nah, we need defense. Because if they if we can't score, we need to make damn sure that they can't score. You know what I'm saying? And so I and I understood that part, but I was like, but you talking about Julio. But he was like, you know, what what else do we have on the offense that somebody wouldn't the deal? Julio they they wouldn't the deal for. So, you know, so I understand what you're saying about, you know, blowing it up. Cause you're right to me, you know, you're right about that. I think Dan Quinn, I'm I'm more on the side of what Calhoun was saying, like, he's not the man for the job. I really t- truly feel like if we had a head coach that was um you ain't got to be a fiery guy, but the league or people need to know that you're a certain type of way. Don't nobody know that Dan Quinn is a certain type of way. Bill Cowell was a certain type of way. Jimmy Johnson was a certain type of way. You know what I'm saying? Coaches, that people need to know you're a certain type of way. So when you come to an organization, they know what's going on with you. You know what I'm saying? With, with Atlanta, we don't have that. As good as this uh, quote-unquote Dallas, you know, Dallas Cowboy ought to be with the running back, the quarterback, and everything they got going on, they got Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was a third-string quarterback. You know what happens when things go wrong with him and go good? He did the same thing. He claps. He's a Jerry Jones guy. He ain't going to buck the system. He ain't going to say nothing. Dan Quinn. He's sitting up in here, and he's uh, he's a nice guy. I've been saying this to you for a minute, D. He's a nice guy. He not bucking. He not really saying a whole lot. He not getting on the defense coordinator, but he's a defensive guy. There's no reason why defense for three weeks straight now score over 30 over us. And he supposed to be in charge of the play call. But the defense is not doing that. Now we're seeing that even like today with Pittsburgh. Sarkeesia actually called a decent game. But what happened today was we didn't execute. The last two weeks, we executed. We just got beat because we got outscored. You know what I'm saying? Because the defense didn't do that. This week, we did not execute. There weren't bad plays. We didn't execute. Matt Ryan looked bad. We get Freeman in the lineup. Oh, my God. We didn't look like we were the running team we were two weeks ago. You know, we were two. And then to, the week before that ago, we didn't look like the same team. So, the head coach, man, the head coach got to know what's going on to fix this shit. And he's not doing it. I completely I agree with everything you said. I, I will come back and say the reason I disagree with the pass, I do think you should pass every time, is because the rules have changed so much drastically between last year and this year. Like Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman said a very interesting point. He was like, they should just put flags on the quarterbacks and let the quarterback be flagged and everybody else be tackled. And that stuck, that stuck with me when he said, I was like, damn, that's a very smart way of looking at the game. And that's, if, if, that's the, if you have defensive players saying that, as an offensive coordinator, you should use that to your advantage. And if you're running the ball, you're not using that to your advantage. I totally agree with that logic, what you just said. He, I didn't even know Richard Summer said that, but that is exactly what the league is right now. He so said I that last agree. week. And that, like, he's a very smart guy. Richard Sherman is very smart, very yeah, articulate. He's yeah, have, yeah. He's have a, he's have a bigger right. role in talking. But I'm, 
I was just saying Richard Sherman is a very smart guy. He should have a bigger role, like in just com- he should be have a bigger role in communicating with people outside the league. Like he should talk. He talks a lot, but he should be like a more overreaching person because that was a genius idea. And if you if, and he's a hundred percent right. And if you look at it like that, that's the reason you should call a pass every play. Then he should be the president uh, of the players' union after this. Yeah. Uh, and then go on. Yeah. yeah, he do. He needs to. And the competition for it. But he's right. I didn't even think of that. Right. And you're absolutely right. That's what they need to do. Put flags on the QB because this shit has gotten ridiculous. And what you're saying, you watch every game now. We were coming up 80s, 90s. When you get in the goal line situation, especially within the 10, what they doing? Running the ball, right? Oh. Not today. If they run the ball. Well, our, you see goal line situation, they be in five receiver sets. So, what you said, I agree with. It, it might as well. I, if I'm offensive coordinator, I'll be playing in jail like Madden. How many times do you run the ball in Madden? <laughs> that's how I'll be playing it because that's what they turn the league into. Yeah, we did a diversion. And so, you know, getting back to – I give the Falcons a D. Piehead said it best. I just think they they just – they didn't execute. Offense didn't execute. Defense didn't execute. So, I know you had an L for him, Calhoun. I had a D. Piehead, did you want to get a defense grade? Defense grade? Oh. Defense going to get what they've been in the last two weeks. On top of the week. F. It's horrible. Then you got you. Dan Quinn, from what I'm saying. Now, say that. Week. Say the Dan Quinn talk. We finna do coaching now. So Okay, okay. Just the Jimmys and the Joes for defense. You give them an F, right? F minus. It, it, anything below F. They can get that F minus. All right, so now we, I'm gonna let you start with coaching. What grade you give Dan Quinn and the staff for coaching? Hey, F. There's no way. There's no way, D. You watch the game. I watch the game. You saw when the game started getting out of hand. You start. I'm gonna tell you the main thing that I saw on offense when 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 they started blitzing and Matt Ryan started getting sacked. Now. How do you not start rolling more coverage to cover him? And then on top of that, Matt Ryan, as a as a quarterback, you being the offensive coordinator, you being goddamn head coach. Hey man, listen, we cannot take any sacks. We can't do that. If you don't see your read, throw the ball away. That nigga ate them sacks today, and, and, and critical position to me, if you ask me. But he ate them. He should not, at this juncture in Matt Ryan's career, he should not be eating these. Throw the ball away. Don't eat these sacks. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. When the game is close, that's one thing. But when we try to win, that's totally, totally different. Throw the ball away. Get outside the little, the um, the um, zone or whatever and throw the ball away. He should not be doing that. That's crazy. That he's still doing that. And then on top of that, Dan Quinn, when you look at him, they, they always cut to him. They stay cutting to him. I think they're trying to make fun of him. They cut to him. Yeah, what are you doing on the sideline? <laughs> Calm, collective. He's talking to the referee. He ain't talking to the coaches. He's talking to the referee. Man, come on with this, man. This, 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 this is ridiculous how bad we are. <laughs> I'll go next. I mean, the coaching staff get it up. They had a block punt today. Like, it was no phase of the game that they showed up on. So, I mean, with that, you got to get them off. Keep it short and sweet. We've talked for almost 40 minutes about this time for Dan Quinn to go his time. Like, 
it's the same when you could say that the both coordinators decides them produce and that they don't need and they we're giving the players excuses for not producing and their job is to produce. So that says so much about how bad the coaching is. So they get it else. Calhoun? I'm going to have to agree with you. Did we do special teams? No, we're no. going to do them out for them. Okay. Uh, just just quick. I'll be real quick. Yeah. So of course, it's an F. You just mentioned it. We're having, not only are we having problems, but we're having the same problems. And that's the problem. Your coaching is not adjusting in games, anything. So I get coaching an F. Let's do special teams. Sorry, I did out of order. We should do special teams then coaching. But special teams... I, I go first. I just said they had a block punt. So they get an elf. I mean, it's just, the Falcons are just, for the names they have, this is just a horrible performance. This should never happen. But special teams get an elf. Absolutely, they get an elf. Beside the block punt, we ain't doing that on returns, on punts. So, and then I seen 14 back there again. <laughs> Garbage. Same dude that we say we got. You know, we, we we took out of there from uh, last week and the week before. We put him back there again this week. So, yeah, you're right. Block punt, you put number 14 back there again, and he ain't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's garbage. We didn't get, we, we get down special team. Okay, I'm going to go with y'all. Health minus. I was saying the same thing. I text in our group. Like, what the fuck is Hardy doing back there? He's the worst punt return in the league. I gotta give it a L. And then, is this the second time the punt, the block, the, the punt's been blocked this year, or is it the third? It's the second. Hey, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and this the how you don't even see that. This it's not even making no sense. It's horrible coaching. So they were and saying that. Like, I'm sorry to cut you off. They were saying that in a game where one team has a special teams turnover, that team has a 99 percent chance of winning. So, in two games, the Falcons have a 99% chance of losing just because they gave up a special team's turnover. Stupid shit. No, it's, no, it's easy work, man. I don't understand how they can hold Philly to so little points. And they're just struggling with everybody else. I mean, you take the injuries out. And so, it's just, you take the injuries out of it. You said something earlier I didn't get a chance to come in on. You said a team this good shouldn't be losing this bad. Our injuries are our injuries, but we shouldn't be losing like this. I mean, to your point, everybody on here is a professional, right? Right. But then not just that. We have a team of names, as you call them. So it ain't a whole bunch of just Joes. We've seen old Falcon teams that didn't have nobody on the Chris Miller teams. And, uh, we don't see them with no talent on them. But this team has talent even without them. For instance, Casey had a he caused the fumble, and he had an interception today. <laughs> he got a play. He got, what'd you say? Say it again, D. He got a play. If they don't play that motherfucker, they need to fire down whoever's in charge. Like, he's the only one doing being making consistent plays. Man. He caused the fumble with James Conner and went out of bounds. Right. And then everybody, all the other five came out like goddamn the Kool-Aid man and missed the motherfucking ball. <laughs> it bounced around. It bounced around like Tecmo Bowl. Like the ball used to bounce around in Tecmo Bowl. Listen, listen. DM Tazo. Boy, you know what? Be, be home with my bro. You know what I'm saying? He he know this. Boy, Casey got the play. 
It was a, it, who that was offered went before him and missed the tackle completely like he do. Casey called the fumble. They would have got the fumble in the melee when it came. The melee with all them, them faggot players diving and kicking and jumping over each other. They knocked the ball out of bounds. Casey called the fumble, though. He fumbled because of Casey. You got to play him. You got, you, I don't know how they do it. I, I wish it was coming season now. Play him. And I, I really feel like the, the free safety is his spot. Free space, free safety is his spot. <laughs> uh, Ricardo Allen, um, fuck them. That's yeah, yeah, fuck them. When he said free safety is his spot, and, and the whole thing with the free safety is you're supposed to be the captain of the team. Uh-huh. The coach has to come up and coach them up. So there you go. That goes back to our original point. <laughs> Let me say this. This is an easy podcast, really. Yeah, we can wrap this up. But I want to say this real quick. The defense was an F. Special team was an F. Coaching was a Z. And there it is, right from his own three. All right, and so let me say this. We're going to wrap up with this. I think it's five players who are untradeable on the Falcons. I think only one of them is on offense. We got Deion, Deion Jones, Gary Grady. Yeah, the only one on offense who won trade with Calvin Ridley, but Deion Jones, Grady Jerry, KZ, Tack. That's it. As far as untradeable? Yeah, like, hey, we can blow this up, but right now we keeping these people. We know we keeping you them. You want to keep Grady? I said Jerry. I said Deion Jones, Grady Jerry, Tack. Um, KZ and the Cavalry. I'm not as big on Keanu Neal as y'all. I'm keeping Neal too, though. I'm keeping Neal, but you're exactly right. Everybody else, is, everybody else is a five cell. Now you know me on offense. I keep another. One. I keep. I'm. I, I have to keep Matthew Ryan for now. Anyway, you're gonna keep Ryan that Matthew Ryan chain until it's all over with. Again, you have to have the right coaches to have to get that man going. How many, coach, how many coordinators? How many? Co- we haven't seen it. Do what I'm saying right here. Think about this. The numbers gonna it's be high like, just because of the league we in. So, yeah, it, it, but what you saying that? If you look at it, it's only the other four or five players that you even count, and then two of the motherfuckers ain't going to the Super Bowl. When last time Drew Brees been to the Super Bowl? Oh shit! When last time? And Roger been to the Super Bowl. Only one of those crackers going every all every other year. I'm Tom Brady. So you talking about the NFC all the time? No, I'm talking about the team. So when you talk about Matt Ryan, I'm saying they what I'm saying. We we even the big ones who we name, right? The big ones. It doesn't matter. They not even going itself with Tom Brady. But when you talk about the middle tier quarterbacks, which is really what Matt Ryan is, it's about fifteen of these motherfuckers. Yeah, Andy Don, you're right. He's at the top of the middle right. tip. I'll give you that. He's at the top of the middle tip. Hold on. What'd you say? He's at the top of the middle tip. I'll give you that. Yeah, so that's why. I would keep. What you going to get rid of him for who? For what? Yeah. Draft picks. So, Next, Patrick Mahomes. No, that's how you. But that Patrick Mahomes only come once in the 32 team. It's Patrick Mahomes. Hey, you give yourself more. You give yourself. You trade Matt Ryan, you get five chances. You get five draft picks. You got five chances to pick a Patrick Mahomes. Watch this. I'm going to use a line from you like, you don't trade your old pussy trying to chase new pussy. What you end up with? 
This is Khalil Mack trade. No pussy. What you end up with? You don't trade your for show pussy for no more pussy because you end up with no pussy. Shout out to Devin the dude for that line. Exactly. Hold on. Exactly. Jay, what I just said. That's why you don't do that. Let's go on to wrap it up. It's Khalil Mack talk. Anybody else? That's Khalil Mack talk. What you talking about? No, I'm not going for that, bro. Khalil Mack is the best in his position. Everybody else is just what else? Exactly. Exactly. Matt Ryan is not the best in his position. And that's why we can trade him. What you say, D? That's why we can trade him. Right. But again, the reason why I'm saying you can't trade him, you're not trading up. How you know that? Exactly. How you know that? Because every other motherfucker in his in his room is just like him. Okay, so let's say you trade for something new. Maybe you don't trade up, you just trade for different. Hold on, hold on. Hey, hey this has been DigitalDaren.com. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry we had technical difficulties, but thank you guys for listening. This has been DigitalDaren.com. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend.